Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, I'm thrilled to have Colin Weston of Reviver Sport and Entertainment and the longtime leader of Startup Vancouver. Colin is a sports innovator, a community builder, and he's host of a podcast about golf. His passion lies in reimagining sports to make the experience more compelling, engaging, relevant, and shareable for fans, athletes, and brand sponsors. And in 2017, Colin co-founded Startup Vancouver, one of over 40 community chapters of Startup Canada. As a design professional, he's worked for several international architectural firms, leading high-performance teams to design and deliver large, complex projects. Colin, welcome to the show. Rick, thank you so much. It's good to uh, virtually see or hear you again. It's been uh, it's been a while. So uh, so thanks for having me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Delighted to have you. I'm really interested in finding out what exactly Reviver Sport and Entertainment does. But we, before we do that, I like to ask our guests what they hope that our listeners will take away from our conversation today. What, what kind of benefit do you think we can uh, we can give them over the next half hour or so? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things, well, of the things we'll, we'll talk about, the overarching things, as far as what makes a successful entrepreneur, just as far as those characteristics between empathy and curiosity and resilience and tenacity, uh, those type of things, we'll be digging into that and how that's informed me as a community builder here with Startup Vancouver and also the uh, entrepreneur endeavors that I've been on the road uh, 
building for the last seven or eight years here. So there's that. And the other thing also, Rick, is that entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. And we see, you know, Shark Tank and Dragon's Gen, and, and they're not a true reflection of the entrepreneurial journey, as we know. So this idea of also building authentic, meaningful relationships that cultivate trust and make sure to offer to help others and to, and to give back. And really, that's my why that we'll dig into here with what I do with not only the podcast, but also what I do as the community leader for Startup Vancouver. Man, you've tied that together very well. It's as if you'd done this before. Okay. <laughs> uh, to start off with, we mentioned this company, Reviver Sport and Entertainment. Uh, how? Tell me what it does. How are you reinventing the business of sport? Yeah. So, uh, quick backstory. So, uh, as you touched on in the intro there, that was very nicely put. I said, that person sounds really, really good. I got, I got to meet that person. Uh, I was an architect for over 20 years, focusing mainly in the sport architecture realm. And people say, what the heck is that? So I worked at the Olympic game level here in Vancouver, Pan Am games in Toronto in 2015, uh, and all around the world on those type of events. So not just the venues and the stadiums, the design and, and, uh, and building of those, but also what I, I like to call kind of UX or user experience for sports. So the actual events themselves, all the experiential touch points for the fans, for the players, for the officials, for the for everybody that's involved in security and that overlay of that. So the experience before, during, and after the event, and we became pretty darn good at that, uh, what I, I was doing there with, uh, with these international architectural firms. So we, as architects, I'm sorry, as entrepreneurs do and have, they have this aha moment, some type of an epiphany based on uh, their passions and uh, and their expertise and seeing, having insights. And I really saw some gaps and opportunities and pain points in, in sport. And uh, and that's really was the reason why Reviver came to be. So it, kind of with that, uh, we've talked about the kind of this um, – Really, what we did with the the pain points in the sport in industry, especially with regards to how making sport both as a fan and as a recreational athlete more welcoming, inclusive, fun, and engaging. And we launched Reviver in 2014, so diversity and inclusion wasn't even a thing yet. But uh, we were already doing that without even knowing we were by making sport experiences open to everyone through technology and entertainment-led solutions. Uh, and that really became our core value and our guiding principle with everything that we do, not just in golf, but other sports too, as far as making it welcoming and inviting and fun for everybody. So that's, that sounds really interesting. What does it mean at the at the, at the at ground level, which is an interesting phrase to use talking about sport. Tell me about some of your projects. Now, on your website, there's this beautiful architectural drawing of a, 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 a surf park uh, in downtown Vancouver by yes. Science World. Um, is, is that a typical project? Because that sounds wonderful. That that is well to rewind the tape a little bit before that that really the the surf park and everything we've learned there to put that forward uh, came out of the other projects that we worked on first so really starting with the, at the golf industry like any entrepreneur you don't you don't just create a company and get a board of directors and your C suite and then go well what are we going to build now it's like well what, you got to create a product that uh, or something and test that to see if there's a market for it so with us 
Rick, the first product we came up with, even before we formed Reviver Sport Entertainment, was called Ripped Links. And what Ripped Links is, without showing any visual visuals here, if you can imagine, it was golf meets American Ninja Warrior, Coachella Music Festival, kind of Cirque du Soleil, dropping in the middle of a city on a beach and an urban location. It lasts only a, a day or so, and there's the music is loud. Wait and a minute, wait, 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 wait. Can you say that again? Golf meets American Ninja Warrior. Yep. Meets X, Ga- X Games, <laughs> Dew Tour, uh, Red Bull Action Sport. Because what we see, see, this sounds like the most exciting thing possible. Tell me what that means. It is. Well, the interesting thing here, and with entrepreneurs too, it there you have to have tenacity and resilience to keep going. But also sometimes it just comes down to timing with things, Rick. And without getting into the, into the kind of the full story that I tell, it takes about a half an hour over many beers with uh, the ups and downs of, of Rip Links of how we went down to the States because that's where the sports market is much frothier and advanced than it is in Canada, unfortunately, yeah. by about half a decade or so. And uh, our up and down there, we almost got that funded and acquired by between five and $10 million, which to be honest, it was kind of cheeky because we were still at the ideation stage. We hadn't had any test events, which we did have. Uh, But ultimately we saw with other sports, what we actually do is I always use, I don't know, Rick, if you're familiar with blue ocean strategy. So I'm also a facilitator and, and, uh, and and, uh, practitioner of blue ocean strategy. And remind us what that is in one sentence. So blue ocean strategy. So the business methodology behind that is rather than, then compete against other uh, businesses in your industry or your sector. And it's that race to the bottom, fight over the scraps in the kind of the bloodied red ocean of competition here. You're making the competition irrelevant by creating new value by unlocking new customers, in this case in golf, want to be customers that are refusing golf for all the reasons, all the pain points or things that they don't like about it. And what we do, and what I've done as an architectural designer too, is I look for inspiration outside of the traditional box, in this case, the golf box. So we looked at validators, things that people that resonate with people, things that work, that also work from a, from a business perspective is adding value. So in this case here, American Ninja Warrior, Coachella Music Festival, uh, Red Bull Action Sports, these are incredibly popular, esports, incredibly popular, and we'll touch in, on that in a little while about what's really frothy right now in the, in the sport innovation sector. So we took elements of that ingredients and kind of built that into this mobile drop into a city for a couple of days, and while the music Music's going. It's short. It's sharp. It's it only lasts a couple of hours. And rather than this four-day tournament, I love golf, but even I won't watch a golf tournament for four days. Right? It's, it even <laughs> bores me. Right? So as far as looking at the solutions outside of the golf industry, I always joke that ignorance is my superpower. To all these people in the golf industry is how do you come up with these ideas? It's like, well, I've never been in the golf industry, so I don't even know how you work. So I haven't had to extract myself from that way of thinking. So that was the start with Rip Links over a couple of years. So did you honest, sell that? Did did that actually happen somewhere? Well, the the, the uh, we had some test events, both indoor and also smaller outdoor events as our minimum viable product. But you can imagine with something like this, it's uh, to do it at the scale and the marketing we needed uh, would have would have taken. We budgeted this would have cost at least a million dollars to do. And once again, when we started our entrepreneurial journey, and I'll say, say this to entrepreneurs and people in in uh, looking to start up a business and. Uh, one of the things you need to do is make sure that you have build up the relationships in the community that can then propel your forward 
And we didn't have that at the time. We kind of ran with things. We actually got some validation by going down to the States and testing in the market and seeing there was definitely an appetite for this. So the short answer is there were two groups, both uh, both of them, uh, kind of one in the golf industry, one a golf company that I won't name, and another one that... Uh, that we still work with called Top Golf. That we that is in the golf entertainment business, and uh, and both of them wanted to either acquire us or invest in us. And then the timing it just didn't work out, and those deals fell apart of no fault of our own. But also we didn't know how deals work back then, six seven years ago. Right, so we had to learn right. all those things too. Deals so. are long, complicated, messy things. Yeah, and, and we did so many things have to go right. <laughs> Absolutely, in a, and, in, in a whole system of decision making for them to come together yeah so the one piece of advice to, uh, with rip links what we learned so the short answer is no we didn't actually bring that to market it didn't become a, get acquired but we got kind of seduced into right out of the gate here rick as being you know fledgling entrepreneurs that twice over a course of a year in 2015 uh we kind of ran around all north america getting flown into new york city and la and all over the place uh you know, for these big deals to happen. And we just kind of thought, well, that's the way this thing works. We kind of get in front of people. We show some hustle. We go down to this PGA merchandise show that we didn't even know existed every January in Orlando. And we just kind of ran around as kind of like the wedding crashers that kind of snuck in the back door and made some noise. And then all of a sudden we're getting these deals put in front of us. As entrepreneurs, we thought, this is the way this thing works, right? You go from, it's just an idea stage and we haven't really got everything. We don't even know what our pricing model is or really what the, who the customers are. So you discovered beginner's luck. It We kind of did almost twice, but it didn't. So what I would say to entrepreneurs is the lesson learned, the cautionary tale from the Rip Link story there is that you need to pace yourself to scale up. You need to get that traction and kind of keep going. What we did, we kind of had this, you know, this Cinderella syndrome where we had these large entities wanting to uh, – acquire or invest in us but they there was there was no uh fear of missing out for them there was there was no rush no timeline so we just sat around and wasted almost a year thinking these deals were going to happen rather than moving forward uh still with our product and building those other relationships uh and looking at other opportunities so in a way we kind of got complacent thinking well these deals are going it's going to happen right but we never got a term sheet in front of us and as you know until the money's in the bank the deal ain't done and we didn't right. know that right. uh back in the day so we've certainly learned that so i will say to all entrepreneurs listening here just make sure that you kind of keep going if you're looking for money looking for funding that's stuff you need like six 12 months before you actually need the money you got to have those conversations and build those relationships and keep and keep going and just kind of keep moving forward with what you're doing yeah I, th I think that's a really good point because people get you want to think positively you want to think this deal is going to get done and that's a really important mindset to have but at the same time you have to realize that uh you can't stop and wait for it. You have to keep making things happen because the chances of closing the deal may not be as high as you'd like to think. It, that's so true. And the one thing I will add to that is then when I changed gears and said, you know what, uh, with our top golf friends, and we've done lots of consulting work with them. So part of our business is also kind of that service-based model while we're developing our own products at the same time. So with Re Reviver, it's a bit of a hybrid that we actually do as far as our revenue model. But uh, once, once I uh, then hosted an indoor, uh, it's like a minimum viable product test uh, event for Rip Links, and then we had lined up uh, to get in a music festival, and I let the the people at Top Golf know this. 
Then they saw that we were moving and all of a sudden they got back to us because then I realized here, Rick, you like to think, well, everybody, whether it's investors or their partners, they love what you're doing and they want to they want to get involved for all the positive reasons, which I still believe in because I'm an optimist and a bit naive that way. But ultimately, if you look, if you are posed at either a threat or you're going to move on without them, then all of a sudden they take notice and uh, and then they start moving. And with Topgolf, then they thought, well, we're doing something that we'd love to integrate into what we're offering already. And uh, and then they looked at us as being competition. So uh, so then they reached back out to us, and then we ended up getting Rip Links didn't move forward, but then we actually got for for several years uh, quite uh, substantial and lucrative uh, um, consulting work, design work that we actually did with them. That's helped inform us, and with Reviver, that's actually added to our acumen and uh, and our ability to uh to show that we can deliver on these projects so it's funny how the entrepreneurial journey is not a straight line uh and uh we are now in a place both reviver and what i do with uh with community building in a place i couldn't even imagine uh, seven or eight years ago didn't even know a lot of these things existed and uh that, that's part of the circuitous route of entrepreneurship but you've got to you've got to stay uh, as they say nimble and a little bit agile in order to uh to, to keep moving yourself forward Right. I, I love I love the idea of what you're doing, the idea of reinventing sport and and turning it into a new type of of, of event by adding these other elements of interaction and sponsorship and music and whatever. I mean, I know people who said that, hey, I went to I went to a circus last night and a basketball game broke out because that's <laughs> what it, because an NBA uh, game was so much more of a of a curated experience musically and visually than hockey and baseball. Although, you know, hockey's catching up. I'm not sure about baseball. So tell me about a couple of the other ideas you've had. And are there any that, uh, uh, that, that have come to fruition? Yeah. Well, to quickly touch on what you mentioned with the, uh, the surf park in Vancouver. So my friend and business partner, he's Australian. So he's been surfing since he was, you know, three feet high. <laughs> so, and he's been following the emergence in the progression of surf parks and the technology behind that for several years. And there's been some starts and some stops and things that have worked out in the time or haven't the time. It wasn't quite right. So we were looking, we were quite heavily involved in golf for the first couple of years because of rip links. And then we said, we're really about sport and looking at other opportunities. So everything we learned, especially with top golf. So top golf is going to be coming to Canada. Cineplex has the rights. I know Cineplex is uh, struggling right now because they can't open theaters, so it may take a couple of years longer. But for people that don't know, it, they have over 40 of them and growing in the States. Had over 10 million customers last year. 50% of them identify as non-golfers, never picked up a golf club before or play like once a year. And the, what they have done, they've created these venues that are like a driving range, but they've gamified the experience with Target targets, with chip balls. So you get a score if you hit it in, whatever distance it is. And each... Uh, group has a six-person bay, hitting bay, and there's a hundred of them, so 34 across, three stories high, big bar behind, DJ spinning, live music. So it's really, golf is just one element of what people are doing there. And their business model is really based on a food and beverage uh, experience. It's more right. of a hospitality yeah. play, about 70 to 80% of their revenue of what they do there. So working with them and creating mobile venues in, in baseball and football stadiums for them in the US, we got to understand their business model. And we applied that to surf parks. So it's not just about surfing as far as making it accessible for everybody, just not only physically, and location-wise by bringing surfing to the people in the middle of the city and city surf, as we called it, 
but also, once again, this whole diversity and inclusion piece, making it welcoming and inviting for everybody. Because surfing, like golf, is hard, right? It's embarrassing. In a way, it's kind of dangerous, too. It's more dangerous than golf is. And be able to make it so that people can get in the water and have different quality of waves, the, the technology that we had developed with our partners there, is, uh, as you imagine, like a ski run that you've got the the uh, the bunny hill at the beginning for, for kids and beginners, and then you've got the green runs, the blue runs, and the black diamonds, and the double black diamonds. Last thing you want to do in surfing or even golf, it's intimidating, is have a double black diamond experience, right? So we had this opportunity then to have all these different waves with different breaks all in the same pool. And if you've never surfed before and you go there as part of a uh, a team building exercise uh, at a conference that you're at and 50 of you showed up that you can get on a small little uh, crumbly wave at the beginning and get some video and and uh, have a good time. So it's experiential, right? And you uh, and it's inclusive. And so you could be a technology play, right? So you could then later on Photoshop my head on a real surfer's body and show me hanging 10. Careful what you ask for, Rick. You just might get it. I'm, I'm going to fire up. I'm opening up Photoshop right now as we speak here. So uh, here we go. Um, a- absolutely. So, and the reason we actually created uh, City Surf and it worked on that for about a year. And once again, as architects and urban designers, how that integrates into the fabric of the city, understanding the business model behind Top Golf and every one of those that they create, that that is a $25 million a year regional economic impact that it has so we know that and that's real so applying that also unfortunately with our friends at the city of vancouver and the park board it kind of fell on deaf ears and even they fought us on this but we decided you know what we're not going to ask for forgiveness and we're not even going to ask for permission because we've spent years as architects having to work the system as far as for permits and regulations and all that things we could way we kind of went screw it we're just going to put it out there i'm connected in the media well enough that we actually got on global news uh on six o'clock and <laughs> i'm watching the news they were game exclusive for 24 hours and uh breaking news and i'm watching this like, whoa what, what, what's happened something in, oh it's us and they did this big piece and all of a sudden for for that news cycle of three days rick we got that earned media opportunity because we understood that we were offering value uh as this really as a press release for for them for all the media outlets so also a great uh tip for marketing and, and uh, public relations for entrepreneurs out there uh if you want to get your story and connect with a journalist someone else you have to realize you have to offer them value also it's got to be it's got to be memorable and it's got to be somewhat unique and it also has to be timely is what you're actually offering here otherwise they're not going to cover it because it's going to get lost in the noise you're right? exactly right i mean if if you offer it to everybody then it becomes a commodity uh, so uh, I, th- I think you had exactly the right strategy. And of course, after you come out with it with your exclusivity partner, then uh, other people will want to match it. So you don't necessarily lose uh, the quantity of coverage by limiting it at first. Sometimes that can even uh, increase it. And it, it did just that right around Science World, where you would mentioned where we're looking to drop uh, City Surf in. We were getting calls to go down for interviews and we did other shows. The Weather Channel had us down there. So we had that, uh, the message amplified all across Weather Channel uh, with that. And we're even seeing other uh, media outlets down there, not interested in us stopping people with pictures of the surf park, asking people if they would want this there. So all of a sudden, it, uh, it was one of the, I wouldn't say it went viral, maybe in a very small V type viral way, but all of a sudden what we did, we created something where people were sharing that. And also for entrepreneurs out there, 
there as far as social media. You want to create something that is shareable. And if you do that, whatever engagement, how you do that. And we managed to succeed on that. And we managed to, what one thing we did, we just SEO'd the crap out of this thing so that, uh, and it worked. So we all, all of a sudden got all these inbound requests from investors, from our technology partner that uh, that we found, who's out of Phoenix, Arizona, and, uh, and also hospitality partners. So all of that came about uh, just because we put this out there. So in a way, this was more of an experience or an experiment uh, in thought leadership that we did, and, and it worked. Everything that we're doing there as far as the business model, the technology, it's all there in place. Yes, did we design it in a way the minimum viable product was the story and also the design and the visuals that we put uh, to go along with CityServe. Do you have a couple of projects that are actually ongoing now that we can talk about? Uh, absolutely. And I would certainly call the Mod Golf podcast a project. And quickly with that, why I created that is more of a community building thought leadership piece. One thing I realized, we lessons learned from Rip Links we talked about earlier, is that we hadn't built up the relationships. The fact that we didn't know how the golf industry worked, the entertainment industry worked. So I realized I needed to, to do that. And having other friends that are in the podcasting realm, including our good friend Edwin Frondozo, what he does. And after talking to him, uh, I decided to launch a podcast uh, in, in, to talk about golf entrepreneurship and innovation because I knew all these people. So, Rick, I was looking at this as an entrepreneur in 2016 saying, well, no one's telling these stories. There's a gap there. There's lots of golf and sport podcasts, but no one's talking about golf innovation. Nobody. So, so I should talk about that because I know these people. So I reached Perfect. out to half a dozen people. They said, yes, I'll jump on. Maybe I'll suck at it. No one will listen. But people did. And we've done 80, over 80 episodes. So that now becomes the media arm or one of the media arms for Reviver Sport Entertainment as far as a revenue generator, but also it connects us uh, to all these people that otherwise we wouldn't have access to or didn't even know existed in the golf and the sport and entertainment industry. So, so I, I have this theory. I have this theory that you try and make a phone, try and arrange a phone call with someone and you're, you've got maybe a 30% shot if they're an important person. But if you invite them to be in a podcast, I bet that makes it a lot easier. It absolutely does. And it, and from that, uh, I interview people and most of them started out in the in the uh, technology and entertainment uh, experience fueled realm. Because that's what we knew and that we started. But it was really interesting, Rick, that very quickly I got introduced to people that at the grassroots level were into making the game more diverse and realizing that was the multi-billion dollar golf business opportunity is to get more women involved younger people right. a more diverse yeah. ethnically diverse crowd not unlike entrepreneurship that we're working very hard on so there's lots of crossovers between what i do between the mod golf podcast and building golf and also what we do as far as building entrepreneurship in that diversity and inclusion piece so so yes the, the short answer is the mod golf podcast is something that we created that now is a revenue generator for us but even though it serves much bigger pieces especially introductions to get people through the funnel and everything we've learned through our work with top golf and also our work with city surf and also our work with rip links it led us to create a year and a half ago that we're still working on we've got the technology in place as far as our uh, as our prototype is something called aces so aces gameplay golf is the 
top golf for putting. So rather than these hitting bays where six people are in and, and hitting balls out uh, at these targets and then having a beer and a burger at the same time with music, we're doing that with putting, both as outdoor venues that could be part of the CNE in Toronto or it could be part uh, partnering with someone like Cineplex in, in uh, based in Toronto, of course, uh, with, uh, with Palladiums and the rec rooms and dropping that in. So I've done lots of relationship building and, and customer validation, working with them and asking questions so, so important for entrepreneurs. Don't just try to sell your idea. You need to listen and you need to get out there and talk to people and find out what the what their needs are as far as pricing and also as far as the, uh, the value that you're adding for them. So ACEs is very exciting. Sadly, with COVID right now, that's on hold because that's really dependent on people gathering both indoors and outdoors in groups. Uh, but we're uh, we're actually still developing the technology of that as we go, and the validation is that in in, in uh, British Columbia here with the New Ventures BC competition, we made the third round of the top forty. Even though no one really knows what sport technology is, I had to explain that every single time. So we're very very proud of that as a validator, and we're still and we're moving forward with that. Although in a way we're we're taking our foot off the gas on that right now and moving forward in other areas and what we'll talk about this during COVID-19 and beyond of what entrepreneurs should do to uh, kind of keep themselves active and keep themselves uh, uh, kind of valid of what they're doing right now. Right. So it sounds to me like your experience has been, hey, we've got some great ideas and one of these one day, one of these is going to sell. We're going to build that that surf park or whatever. But in the meantime, you're creating really good relationships that are creating revenue driving businesses, building industry knowledge, building your credibility, building your uh, your portfolio. And it sounds like everything's working. It It is. And it's certainly the journey is, let's say, how we even thought it was going to be, you know, four or five years ago. Like right now, hey, we would have sold Rip Links for $8 million American and uh, we'd probably be doing something else. But I think one of the mistakes that I made early on to myself and my partner, because we didn't know we didn't know. And once again, a good cautionary tale for uh, the entrepreneurs out there is and I only read this about a year ago. And this was a, a paper, a white paper by McKinsey that they called about the three horizons of growth. And I didn't know what that was. So quite quickly, Rick, these are with your business. The third horizon of growth are these these big ideas, these 30,000 foot ideas that may come to fruition, but still before they really catch on or even generate any revenue. It could be like two, three, five years in the future. And there's those second, uh, those second uh, horizon, which is like aces right now, as far as getting funded for that and also bringing that to market right now, depending on where COVID is, we're like six to 12 months away from that now. And then there's the things, what are you doing for now? What are you doing for recurring revenue? Basically to make yourself financially sustainable. We didn't, we got away from that and we were doing, whether it was City Surf and Rip Links and all those were third horizon things. And we were putting all our eggs in those baskets. Basically we're swinging for the fences every single time on those two things and got away from also working on on things which we got back to with our consulting work as far as what's generating revenue right now. So for entrepreneurs out there, you need to make sure that you keep all three of those buckets of horizons of growth moving forward at the same time. But don't uh, don't do what we did seven or eight years ago where you focused 100 percent on these uh, uh, on these long term ones that may or may not work out. Or even if they do, it's going to be a few years before you manage to uh, generate any revenue you or return on it that's that's an incredible point thank you for that yeah keeping your eye on three horizons at once is probably you know not 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 an intuitive thing to do 
but it's very often the right thing to do. And it enables you to keep swinging for the fences even while you're putting food on the table. And hey, who can argue with that? It, it, it does. And on that note, I just want to say to entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurship we touched on, it, it is, it's hard, right? And for every Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg out there, there's hundreds and thousands of people that are struggling and that have either failed, got back up and are trying again. And it's really, really hard. And it's one reason of the events that we do, uh, of our speaker events this year, we, we're going to do it again next year, is mental health awareness for entrepreneurs. So it's, it's, it's really hard on people. So you need to to, to make sure that if you need to take a break, make sure that self-care is so important, both physically and mentally, that's so important. And a couple of years ago, when things weren't going for us and the Top Golf, or sorry, the Rip Links deal didn't work out, I had to go back and talk to some of my architectural friends that were principals at a, at a large firm in town here uh, and ask them if they can just hire me as a consultant. Cause I, I just needed to take a break and I need to make some money. So in a way there was a stigma and some shame attached to that. People knew what yeah. I was doing. So I'm very, very, I put myself out there on social media and what we're doing. So I was really embarrassed about that. And looking back at that is like, screw that. I don't need to feel embarrassed in a way. It's like, you know what? I needed to pull into, into the pits and I needed some maintenance. And, uh, interestingly enough, Rick, I, I then, managed to move our business forward those six months because I had to be so hyper-focused on the limited time I had between family, friends, and other work responsibilities that I was very intentional. Rather than you've got all day as an entrepreneur and, you know, you're <laughs> focusing on something and next thing you know, I'm looking at videos of, uh, you know, kitten videos on YouTube again. It's like, how did that happen? It's like, what's going on here, right? Um, so you I You do I that too? To stay- uh, unfortunately, I, 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 I do. I'm a little bit better than I was a few years ago. But joking aside... I saw this really... amazing video this yeah. morning of two alligators fighting on a golf course in South Carolina. Might even give you an idea for a new exhibit. I saw that one also. <laughs> you know what? You've got... Okay, my creative juices are flowing here, Rick. You've got me going here. So, so, so yeah, that's, that's where things are with uh, all these pieces. Some people think... Uh, you know, I've had someone once say that I've got a focus issue or if you're doing all these things, maybe you should just double uh, focus on one. But when we see the opportunity present itself, we just double down on it like we did with Aces. And that opportunity, we just were focused on that. And I put the podcasting on hold for a bit and then focused on that. And now that that because of COVID has to got on hold, we're uh, now doubling down. We've just launched season eight of the Mod Golf Podcast, so another 12 episodes of these awesome conversations with uh, golf entrepreneurs and their journey. So golf, even if you're not into golf, these are entrepreneurship stories that are engaging and impactful and insightful, and golf just happens to be that thread that kind of weaves them all together. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me ask you a little bit about your experience with Startup Canada. So you've been the, 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 the leader of the Startup Vancouver community for some time. How did you get involved with it and what are your goals through the startup community? Yeah, well, the, it's the backstory. I've been involved with Startup Canada for about six or seven years now. And it really started by going to some events when they came to town with their uh, with the, the West Coast Awards, I guess about five years ago. Uh, and then I started getting involved uh, on Twitter with our startup chats and started getting involved with that, participating and started to meet the people and then got, got involved helping out on the kind of the technical end of that and the kind of the, the advisor end of that. And I was on a call, gosh, it was about four years ago, a leadership call and Victoria Lennox uh, was our leader at the time. I just put it out there to them. It's like, OK, I'm just going to ask the question here, people. 
Vancouver is such a vibrant, frothy, mature innovation ecosystem. Why the heck is there not a Startup Vancouver chapter out here? And some people said, oh, there were a couple of missteps. And some people in organizations applied for it. It wasn't robust enough, so we rejected it. And then there were some other issues with uh, with the URLs. And, we, and I said, okay, so stop for a second here. You guys clear all that stuff up. If you, myself not being in the tech industry at the time, even though I am now, I said... If you partner me up with someone that is in the tech side of things, that has all that connectivity in, in, in the Vancouver ecosystem, I'm willing to explore getting this thing off the ground. And that's what we did. We started very lean. I approached community building uh, with Startup Vancouver as a blue ocean strategy. Once again, not trying to compete and go, oh, we're going to do a better pitch night than you do. And we're going to crush you and take all your people. It's like, no, you're doing an awesome pitch night. We're going to collaborate with you, which we do with Volition now. And I looked at, once again, gaps and opportunities to see what other people weren't doing. So once again, I talked to a lot of people. I listened both on the corporate side to see where there could be some sponsorship with other organizations to see where we can partner and add value. And that's what I, I did and or we, we did. So we started as this kind of lean, mean team without any money, uh, a couple of volunteers and myself and uh, uh, another guy who was my co-founder uh, from the tech side, with Rob Foxel, great guy. Still, and we're still friends, even though he's he's had to move on for some other things. And, uh, and that's where we started. So the first year we just spent very slowly Rick, and we just kind of put ourselves out there on social media and just did that and attended other events and, and pr promoted and shouted out all these other events. And people are like, who are you? Why are you doing this? It's like, because that's why we're here. Our, our core value is to collaborate, not to compete, right? That's one of them in Startup Canada is the same thing. The other core value being being welcoming and inviting for all entrepreneurs, no matter gender, age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, tech and non-tech, we're here for everybody. And that's what we live by, and that's what we did. So after year two, once we kind of built up some awareness and traction and credibility, then I saw the opportunities to then take it to the next level and create our own events after co-presenting other events for uh, for the first year or so. And that's what we've actually done. We did them in venue, and now we've pivoted. Oh, I use the P word, I don't like using the P word, where we've recalibrated, we've reimagined uh, what we're doing to create two event platforms now that are virtual that we can talk about in a minute here. Two platforms. Okay, well, let me just take this back a step. And I, 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 I was at the very first uh, Startup Canada, Cross Canada tour. I was in, I think, five provinces uh, back in 2010. And we discovered, we, we were exploring, you know, what should Startup Canada be doing? And we went from city to city. We did almost 40 cities. Wow. And we discovered that um, there was a role for a startup community organization, as you say, not to um, imitate, not, not, not to duplicate what other people are already doing, not to compete, but to try and bring everybody together because there were so many resources, so many events, so many organizations wanting to get in touch with entrepreneurs, and none of them were talking to each other. And we discovered a startup community could really make a difference there. Do you feel that you're achieving any of that with with, with at Startup Vancouver? A hundred percent, because that really is our really our guidepost of what we do. Because I saw that right out of the gate, Rick. Also, is the fact there once again, Vancouver is a very mature and vibrant ecosystem as far as technology and innovation. It's not like some of our smaller rural startup communities uh, where there's nothing there. 
So they can create whatever they want from a, from a blank piece of paper, which has its own challenges. Don't get me wrong. That's not easy also. So for us, yes, having to find out where there were these opportunities to become, I like to say we are that connective tissue right, that brings together right. all of these fragmented and siloed yet awesome uh, organizations and groups and entrepreneurs within our ecosystem. And that's, that is what we do. And the fact that we always give back, we, uh, for free, I just promote all these other events that are going on. We just finished up, had the last couple of days with Vancouver Startup Week, which is virtual this year. And we participated for the third year, again, by doing one of our events, actually our live stream show we do once a week that we'll talk about called What Keeps You Up at Night, Entrepreneurship During Challenging Times. And uh, I reached out to the uh, the chair people there and said, hey, why don't we actually do it on your platform and whatever works for you. And we'll, we'll then promote startup uh, or Vancouver Startup Week at the same time. And we've done that with many events and many other partners that we have all across the province and actually nationally now, which is one of the great things about virtual events. It's such an opportunity rather than in venue before or you're limited to the capacity of the space and the ability of the people to get there and get home, where now I'm working with Startup Canada as a partner so that the virtual events that we're doing, uh, we have this opportunity now to position this for a national audience, not only with our guests and our speakers, but also with our sponsors and also our channel partners to help promote it. And uh, what do you see as the benefit from that? I mean... Sure, going national is easier now if we're everything's virtual. On the other hand, you have to promote it at a national level. So, so, so what's the goal there? Well, I think that the goal is to cast a larger net to amplify the signal. The fact that we are providing content now and, and once again, being very intentional, we make sure that even though it's called Startup Vancouver presents what keeps you up at night with our, our one hour live stream show and the format, very simple, three guests, three co-hosts, myself being one of them. And we also make sure we keep that, we keep it very light. So it's informative and educational, inspirational, but also there's some levity to it. Because everything's so heavy right now, Rick, that we made a point as far as that, that uh, that we make sure we, we keep it spontaneous and fun. But to answer your question, the, the fact we can go national now, and once again, this is the power of partnership. So for all entrepreneurs, whatever you're doing, there's this saying in, in entrepreneurship that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. And I apply that to what we do with Reviver Sport Entertainment, what I do with the Mod Golf Podcast, but also what I do with Startup Vancouver. The fact now I've got this, this incredibly robust uh, network of partners now that I've managed to get on board, what you touched on earlier, by offering them an opportunity, an earned media opportunity, by not knowing them and saying, hey, would you like to be on our live stream show? Hey, would you like to be a guest on the Mod Golf podcast? And we executed a very high level, so even the production value. So once again, that builds trust. The fact that it shows that we can deliver there, and I know now in the entrepreneurship space, the fact that I offer that to people that don't know me, and they see we, we deliver at a high level there, think, well, this other thing you're doing, this aces thing you're talking about, this putting thing, well, now I've it's removed one of the barriers already of, do I think you can deliver? Because I know you can deliver on that. I've got to know you a little bit. We have a bit of a relationship. So it just opens up that door and, and separates myself and what we do with and everything we do from the noise, right? Amazing. Where do you get your energy from? Uh, caffeine and <laughs> uh, and and uh, and yoga, I guess, and golf, I guess. You think uh, actually not? Wait, wait, it's very interesting. During COVID, I've been playing more golf now than I ever have. Where 
I was told six years ago by a PGA professional when we got into the golf industry, he kind of looked at me and goes, dude, he's like, now that you're in the golf industry, you, you will give up your golf game. Not that I was ever really good before. <laughs> I was always like shoot, shoot around 90, around an 18 handicap. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to play all this free golf on these amazing courses. It's like, uh, mm. and sure enough, the last five years, Rick, I played like two or three rounds a year because I'm too busy. So this year I've been intentional that I've, I've managed to play more golf than ever. I've managed to meet more people because so I've reached out and, with other groups. And I, I find just even doing that, even though it does take a good chunk of time, that uh, you know, part of my kind of rejuvenation here, how do I stay kind of mentally kind of fit during during COVID and just during everything else that's going on as an entrepreneur? It's part of my therapy is getting out there and playing golf, doing some yoga, hanging out with friends, and uh, and doing the good things that we're doing here and connecting to the community. And that's so important for me. As my, you were asking earlier, what, what was my why? Why did I get involved? Because this, getting involved both in person, like we used to do with Van Startup Drinks and have over 200 people every month show up for over a year and it kept growing and growing, that for me, it, it got me out of my pajamas and out of, out of the house uh, <laughs> you know, as an entrepreneur to get out there and connect with real people. And I've found, even though it's not my preferred way to do it, doing the shows that we, that we are, uh, all the things that I'm doing, it just connects me with other humans. And, uh, and, and that's just so crucially important. So for me, it's, uh, it's a way it's, it's, uh, it's therapy and counseling for me. So make sure that I do my best to stay, uh, you know, to avoid depression and anxiety and all those other things that uh, that most entrepreneurs suffer from. I have this uh, philosophy that sort of almost any action is better than no action, and I and I think it's great how you're out there spreading ideas, sharing, uh, learning together, creating opportunities for people to get together, uh, trying to find ways to innovate, uh, even in. Uh, areas such as golf where you know innovation has tended to be somewhat frowned upon can i wear shorts when i golf now uh, absolutely you can wear a skirt if you want to rick no problem <laughs> people are, are, are much easier but it's interesting now you got people on the golf course that will have uh they'll be playing music whether it's to their golf cart or to their bag uh so people lightening up that way are loosening up, I should say. Uh, on the podcast, I've had some very interesting entrepreneurs. One that actually has a uh, a product called Golf Board, which is like a, a motorized longboard skateboard that you can put a golf bag on the back. And I've actually ridden this thing before. It's really cool. So there's all kinds of solutions like that that are trying to connect with a younger audience to make the game more engaging, more fun, and and, and align it align golf with uh, with the lifestyles of younger people. Exactly. And I mean, a few a few years ago, people were talking about the end of golf because it was an old person's sport. It was mainly a guy's sport, and uh, it was a very it, it, the golf clubs seemed to cater to a very uh, small minority of people. And and it's exciting to see new ideas coming into the sport, just as they revived basketball, just as they're reviving hockey, and uh, and it can happen in golf too. 
Uh, absolutely. And it's, I always make the joke that I would go down to the PGA show. Now I get invited down there as one of the uh, keynote speakers is their educational series. And they actually pay me in American dollars to do it. And I don't have, I don't have imposter syndrome going up. Should I be talking about this? It's because as you touched on, the bar is so low on innovation and in in entrepreneurship in the golf realm that I, I come across as this total rock star. And all I'm talking about is conversations you and I have had for years in the entrepreneurship space uh, in any sector and applying that to golf. And yeah, so for me, it's uh, it's pretty easy to sound like I I, uh, <laughs> I I I'm I know what I'm talking about. So interesting because what so many entrepreneurs, what most of us do is, whether we're involved in technology or not, we're involved in trying to bring new ideas, new ways of doing business, new business models, new innovations to our clients, and uh, the the work that you're doing has shown how difficult change can be. And yet, if you get to really listen and get to know your people, uh, uh, your, your potential clients, and they trust you, then you can start chipping away and actually making a difference. So congratulations on all well, that. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. The journey continues. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I look forward to seeing and to, to following your adventures and seeing how Reviver goes. As we head out of here now, can you... Tell us, what's the best piece of advice that you'd like to leave our audience with? You, you've, you've dropped so many gems on us already. Uh, we could even review a couple of them. I love you know, getting into the blue ocean strategy, making, people, making sure people understand that there's an alternative to uh, cutthroat competition, the importance of relationships, um, the entrepreneurial journey is not a straight line, three horizons of growth, and even what you said about hyper-focusing, sometimes a constraint on your time can really focus you and concentrate you where, uh, where more time wouldn't have helped. So you shared a lot, but what's one more idea you'd like to share with our, with, 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 with our listeners so that they can leave here just fired up and ready to do something? Right, I've got three in my head, but I will I will uh, leave you with one here, and this is not this is not going to be super sexy or glamorous here, but it's about consistency and be consistent with everything that you do. And consistency demonstrates to people that you're reliable and you're dependable, which in turn builds trust and faith in your ability to deliver on the products and the services that you're creating. So, and that's what I do with the podcast. I got away from that where we're kind of oh, I'll post one today and then like three weeks later and then eight days later the fact now that we're doing it every single week and letting people know that so it be, people know that you're going to be there and there's some consistency and reliability in that so everything that you do even with your messaging whether it's on social media both i do on startup vancouver and also with the podcast uh i like to take you know keep it a bit light but i don't try to get too jokey but i, I make sure that the messaging and the tone is very consistent with what we do and it becomes part of our culture and part of our why and it's all kind of tied together with what we do so consistency is so important Fantastic. Colin Weston of Reviver Sport and Entertainment. Check that out on the web. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing at Startup Vancouver and helping to build the Startup Canada brand as well. I look forward to uh, watching your adventures with uh, great interest, and we'll talk again. Sounds great, Rick. Thanks for having me on today. Thank Take you. care. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. 
I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.